Welcome to Conquer the Carolinas, your guide to conquering your health and wellness goals. I'm your host, Dr. Steven Selecki, physical therapist and owner of Conquer Movement, a performance-based physical therapy clinic right here in Wilmington, North Carolina. On this podcast, I'll be connecting you with local industry experts and top athletic performers who will share their expertise and knowledge in areas that you may be struggling in, such as sleep hygiene, nutrition, stress management, movement, mindset, and much, much more. Our conversations will help guide you in the right direction on your journey to optimizing your health and introduce you to the services available in our local area that may be the missing link in your training or lifestyle. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. What's up, everybody? Dr. Steve here back with another episode of Conquer the Carolinas. And today I have our close friend and special guest, bringing you our local expert here in Wilmington, North Carolina, Dr. Amy Newberry from Pelvic Prescription Physical Therapy and Wellness. Um, And the name should say it all. She is our local expert on pelvic health and pelvic floor physical therapy. This this one is, I think, very important, um, this topic. I want to have Amy on because, you know, I'm a physical therapist myself. And you think like, oh, physical therapy. You know, you you know everything in physical therapy, or at least even if you don't specialize in that area, you should understand what these types, what other physical therapists do. And when I first met Amy a few years ago, it just completely blew me away in terms of what pelvic floor physical therapy looks like, how it works, the type of conditions that Amy specializes and treats. Um, So I wanted to bring her on to kind of share that side of things and, and give people a better understanding of what is pelvic floor PT? When would I need it? How would it look? And is this, is this the right type of treatment for me? Um, and I hope a lot of you listening to this, when you're done, are like, oh, shoot, I didn't realize that I needed that. And, and maybe you can find the help that you need. So Amy, thanks so much for taking the time to, to come on the, the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, why don't we start off, you give a little bit of an introduction. Um, you are, you own your own business. We've Mm -hmm. you've had it for a little over about two years at this point. Tell people a little bit about your business and and how that's been going. Yeah. So I own pelvic prescription, physical therapy and wellness. Uh, we actually started as a mobile pelvic floor practice, which was super exciting at the time, you know, middle of COVID, (laughs) had to be super creative. But everybody really enjoyed a lot of my postpartum moms didn't want to leave the house with their like newborns. And so it was perfect, perfect way to start because I could provide a very special service, pelvic floor therapy, which we'll get into what that even means. Um, But providing a very special service in someone's house. Um, Since then, though, we've grown a lot and we're in a physical location now. And just brought on another pelvic floor physical therapist to help me and an admin. So, um, yeah, our main goal, though, is to help women and men who are active to stop peeing their pants. <laughs> yeah. Stop in, uh, experiencing pain with intercourse and also help with women who are needing preparing for birth and beyond. Get back to running, jumping, lifting, whatever they want to do. Yeah. I remember um, when we had first met. I had a few months on you in terms of opening up Conquer Movement, mm-hmm. and we were talking back and forth, back and forth, and you're like, "Yeah, do you think do you think people would want to work with a, a pelvic floor 
therapist, like outside of, of the normal. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what does that entail? And you're like, yeah, I help people, you know, <laughs> postpartum moms who are peeing their pants when they cough, last knees, jump. And I had no clue. Like, that's not my area of expertise. I, I didn't know that that was a symptom that was regularly happening. Mm-hmm. I either fell asleep during that time at PT school or I truly don't think <laughs> we had. Maybe it wasn't in it. I, I was going to say, I don't <laughs> think we covered much of it. Um, but it's yeah. like, if people want help with their knee pain, they sure as heck need help with that and, and the mm-hmm. value that that brings. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about the role that the pelvic floor has in like overall health and well-being from maybe a fitness and activity like movement standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people, well, some people don't even know what the pelvic floor is, which is totally fine. I didn't know until PT school in a two-day lecture out of three years yeah, <laughs> and crazy. some schools don't even talk about it at all so you know it's okay if you don't know what that is but basically it's a group of muscles at the base of your pelvis and they function as your core so when people are like oh I gotta strengthen my core that actually does include your pelvic floor so a lot of people that maybe like weightlifters or crossfitters or runners I mean that's a lot of core like you that's like the foundation of all your movement and your pelvic floor is part of that So if your pelvic floor has an issue, you might experience um, pain in the pelvis with running, jumping, lifting, whatever activity you do, you might experience. It might even show up as back pain or hip pain, which that's something I try to also like teach a lot of other other physical therapists that if you have that patient who's like 90% better and you're kind of like, man, what the heck is going on? Sometimes that last like 10% is like the pelvic floor causing the issue. Um... So yeah, that's how it shows up in terms of like pain, but also like if you have a pelvic floor issue, you could have leakage with a deep squatting or deadlifting. So we help a lot of athletes who are, you know, experiencing that they're wanting to PR, but they're peeing their pants at the meet Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, or the CrossFitter who's trying to do double unders and they're leaking because she's postpartum and she wants to get back to like RX you know, and then she, that's her goal, but she's peeing her pants and how can she like not do that? Yeah. So, um, I remember one patient that I had in particular, uh, and again, I know your specialty is more in, you like the postpartum, um, mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had sent you a gentleman who I was working with for jujitsu. Um, and it was kind of the scenario that you talked about. I'm like, I can't clear up this one aspect of mobility. Mm-hmm. And you know, almost a hundred percent there, but something was was lacking, and um, that's when I kind of suggested he talk to you, and um, you know that really helped get him over that hump. Mm-hmm. And then he came back to us, and we started working more on like the hitting the PRs and everything like that. But yes. we hit that plateau, yeah. Um, and that was really eye opening for me because again, you know, I think it's important to to kind of preface like physical therapist. I think from the public, and maybe it's getting better now, but you're a physical therapist, you're a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, but physical therapy should really be specialized. Yeah. Like I, I, there's so much information. You go to PT school for these three, three and a half years and you come out being a generalist, right? You know mm-hmm. a little bit about a lot, but over time you develop your specialty or you should and really hone in on a certain area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important when you're seeing a therapist to really make sure that they understand what your goals are, what your needs are, whether that's sport related or geriatric or pelvic floor or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because, you know, I had to kind of realize like, oh, this is out of my area of specialty and I need mm-hmm. to call on an expert, even though I'm a PT and you're mm-hmm. like, well, shouldn't you know? It's like, well, no, I, I need to, 
if I was a knee surgeon and, I, and you're yeah. coming in with your hip, like you want to yeah. see the guy or girl who knows that body part. Yes. Um, but it was really cool for me to kind of see like, all right, let me see. I think this might be pelvic floor with my limited knowledge. Mm-hmm. Let me call on an audible here, get some help from Dr. Amy. Mm-hmm. And then seeing the results come from that, um, it was really eye-opening even from a healthcare yeah. standpoint or healthcare provider standpoint. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, what are some common like misconceptions about the pelvic floor? And I guess, again, mm-hmm. in relation to physical therapy, are, do you have people coming in? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what are the most common things that you hear that you're like, ah, it's yes. actually not what you would think? Yes. So for sure, it's not just Kegels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get that out of the way <laughs> because I'll have patients come in and they'll be like, well, my... OBGYN told me to just do some Kegels and that I didn't need to do pelvic floor therapy because that's what it was. Uh, Or that's probably the most common thing I get. And I have to break down that myth because it's not the case. Maybe eventually we'll check to see if you can do that, but that's definitely not all that it is. And that's not what's going to fix your problem. (laughs) It's kind of like you're just throwing an exercise. It's like normal PT. Like you wouldn't just like throw random exercises at somebody for them to do when they're like an individual person. Right. You know. So, is there is there a time where kegels are like the sole solution? Like is that just the easiest form of pelvic floor exercise or is that due to the limited knowledge of our current healthcare system with the pelvic floor? Like why is kegels yeah. the, the go-to? I don't know. I think it maybe started back in the day when there was a guy named like his name is like Dr. Kegel, I think. Yeah, and so the name figure. derived from him. Uh, I think he was like an OBGYN. But um, I think it's just because people are like, oh, well, you have an issue down there. Then why don't you just try to strengthen it and just make it stronger by doing this pelvic floor contraction, which is what a Kegel is. And the problem is like sometimes the muscle isn't ready for that. So the pelvic floor is like very uh, sensitive and it can have like restrictions and scar tissue and issues in it and mobility issues and when that happens uh, what, what happens there is the muscles you don't want to strengthen a muscle that's already really tense sure for the pelvic floor uh that results in worsening of the symptoms so i have people that do kegels and then their symptoms get worse because they were just there was no like reason to it um but you know you wouldn't train like i wouldn't do pelvic floor therapy the same for a crossfitter than i would someone who's trying to run a 10k it would be like different. So like my 10 k I want her to be able to, I'm saying her because I have two people in mind right now. <laughs> um, so my, my girl who wants to do a 10 K, like we're trying to work on her pelvic floor endurance because she needs to be able to run a 10 K without leakage versus my CrossFitter. It was happening with like double unders and, um, and like box jumps, you know, like really like specific, like repetitive impact kind of things. And yeah. it's not for, I don't know how long it takes to run a 10 K, but it's not that long for a wad <laughs> right so we need more like short burst yeah like short like quick quick reactions you know so you know if you go to public for pt it shouldn't be the same so if your pt is giving you the same thing as they're giving everyone else kegels then that's not the most effective thing yeah we don't you don't want that cookie cutter style yeah, yeah. that makes sense mm-hmm. um so you mentioned uh leakage we mentioned you know maybe if they're they're plateauing or like they have uh, improvement in low back pain, but they don't mm-hmm. get that last percent. What are some other common symptoms that people may be suffering with right now? And they're not even sure that pelvic PT, like I never would have thought that that would have been someone mm-hmm. who could help. 
Yeah. So my like tagline, what I tell people when they're like, what do you do? I just say, hey, I help with anything dealing with like difficulty with peeing, pooping or sex. So it's like, hey, these three things, if you have any issue in this area, that's what we do. So for like peeing issues, if you have like um, urgency, like all of a sudden you feel like you have to pee and you can't hold it in and you have to like run to the bathroom or frequency. If you go to the bathroom like more than seven times a day, that's frequency. Okay. Cheap people who go to the bathroom at night and like nocturia. So they, they have to keep on getting up every like hour to go pee in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, that's like peeing stuff for bowel stuff, constipation. Uh, so that's something that people don't know that I do. We do constipation or people don't like talking about this, but like leakage of stool, that's really embarrassing for people. So we treat that. And then we also treat, uh, you know, a lot of pelvic pain. So anyone that has like endometriosis or interstitial cystitis, like that's bladder pain syndrome uh, or, you know, pain with intercourse. So either people sometimes associate that with postpartum, but also people that haven't had kids could also experience that. So I have a lot of like younger patients in their like, like 19, 20, 21 who are experiencing pain, but they haven't had kids yet. So okay. it's not just limited to postpartum. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say? So, so one of the things that we get in, at Conquer Movement working with more sports injuries, I feel like people wait way too long to get things assessed. We're mm -hmm. seeing people in the six month to a year range before oh, they yeah. start seeking help. Is that yeah. common in your field as well? And if oh, so, yeah. you know, when is the ideal time to come see a pelvic floor therapist mm -hmm. when I'm experiencing these symptoms? Yeah, I feel like I see people after they've been through everything, like they've tried everything and they... You know, pelvic PT, our big issue is awareness and stigma still. So a lot of people don't want to admit they have a problem or they're, they don't know they, that we can even help them. So they don't find out about us until like year, like months or years down the road. And then they come in. So it tends to be like a very long time before people realize that, that we can help them. And do you find that they've gone through like... Yeah, they've Everything. been, yes, like they've been, I have this one patient, she just graduated, um, but she went to her OBGYN, she went to a urogynecologist, she went to a GI doctor, she went to all these like specialists, and they didn't even like know what to do. There was like, they were like, we're not really sure why you're having this like horrible pain 24-7. Yeah. And she found me, I think on Google, and I assessed her. And she had clearly like pelvic floor dysfunction, which just means like her pelvic floor muscles were extremely overly active and tense. And that tense, that tension was like causing all of her symptoms. And within like four or five visits of working on her pelvic floor muscles, her pain like went from like eight out of 10 to like two yeah. out of 10 just from that. And she was like, how come nobody told me about this? Like, how come my doctors never recommended me to try this? And I was like, I, it's just, they, it's just people don't know about it. You yeah. Know? Which is, which is terrible. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so upsetting. A, as someone who's like, you know, I always call myself like, I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a movement nerd. I'm a PT nerd. Like, I love what we, what we do in, mm -hmm. in our avenue of PT. And when I hear that people have had a bad experience in PT mm -hmm. or they think that, PT is something that's completely not like I can see myself as a pelvic floor therapist being like next person that mentions it's just it's just kegels right yeah. like that would drive me insane oh, yeah, you'd you know be pissed. yeah <laughs> stuff like that makes yeah. me oh, I'll, I'll just go on YouTube I'm like good luck like um, <laughs> yeah but when I sat down with you and, and got 
a better understanding of what it is and, and, mm -hmm. and talking about the symptoms that you treat and then even just thinking like postpartum, like what's the biggest trauma that a body can go through? Let's, let's slowly <laughs> grow another human, carry this thing for nine months. Your organs are all shifted up into your chest. Yep. You know, the mechanics and, and the, the things that change with your weight being distributed on the front, the, mm -hmm. what, how that can affect your pelvis and your hips and your mm -hmm. back. And then you got to figure out how to get the baby out. Yeah, then oh. you have the baby out, whether that's naturally or cesarean <laughs> section. And then they give you, what, a day and a half, two days tops. And they're like, God yeah. bless. Good luck. You'll figure it out. Yeah. It, with, with no guidance, really, and no treatment, it, it blows my mind mm -hmm. that this isn't the gold standard of like, hey, if yeah. it's very common postpartum, post-pregnancy to experience X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. If you do... Here's the Jesus. people yeah. you should see. Go get pelvic floor therapy. And, you know, people, when you, like, have an injury, you know, like, you tear your hamstring or you, like, have hip surgery, they're like, oh, we'll go do physical therapy. But you, like, push a baby out or, you know, you have a C-section and they're just like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Good job. <laughs> yeah, you'll figure it out. You're resilient. You'll, Take you'll care bounce of your baby. Back. <laughs> yeah. So I'm having these symptoms, like ideally, um, I guess if you want to use the example of a postpartum mother, if she's mm -hmm. still having leakage, like how quickly, mm -hmm. like what's the ideal time frame to come see somebody like yourself? Yeah. So I'll see someone postpartum as early as like four weeks postpartum. We won't do like an internal exam until they're like six weeks, but by four weeks, they're already, you know, they're like nursing, they you know, might be dealing with like different structural posture changes that will affect their pelvic floor so we'll already start doing some of that making sure that they're like carrying their baby safely and not going to hurt themselves um and then at six weeks we'll you know start seeing people and then uh, but you know i have a lot of proactive people that i'll see throughout pregnancy too to help prep them for birth so they are ready to like they learn about labor positions birth positions how to um like use their pelvic floor correctly how to breathe correctly when they're pushing, uh, how to push correctly. So I'll work with people all through pregnancy and then postpartum, I'll have them set up like four or six weeks as early as, as, early as I'll go usually. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so let's go back then. You had mentioned something about internal examination. Mm -hmm. So I come to see you within that, you know, certain time frame that you recommend. What would a uh, like plan of care look like that if from that first visit examination wise, mm -hmm. obviously I know the answer as a PT is it depends. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but in general, like what would it look like and what could I expect if I was a patient coming in for an exam? Yeah. So for the, like the first visit, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. First visit. And mm -hmm. then like, how would it progress in again, mm -hmm. generalized fashion? I know it's, yeah. it's going to be different based off symptoms and everything. Yeah, for sure. So generally I'll just check people's like the way that they're moving. So I'll watch people squat, lunge, just move. If there's anything that like maybe they have leakage with jumping, I'll have them jump so I can see like what's going on. If they are newly postpartum, uh, maybe I'm like looking at the way that they are carrying their baby, like maybe like the way that they're swaddling or like carrying, you know, or carrying the, um, the, uh, uh, <laughs> baby carrier yeah there you go yeah um and so i just watch their body mechanics make sure that they're moving right and moving well and then i'll check their strength check for diastasis like the abdominal separation so i'll do like an abdominal exam and then i'll check the pelvic floor uh, internally as long as they're okay with it uh we'll you know make sure that they feel comfortable doing that and then we'll assess the pelvic floor uh, to see if there's any pain 
see what the strength is, and then we'll be able to create a plan based on their results. And again, it depends on each person. But typically, I will take my postpartum ladies through a three-step program for postpartum care. So the first step is breaking down everything. If they had any scar tissue from a perineal tear, we'll work on the scar tissue first. Um, we'll work on the pelvic floor muscles to make sure they're not overly tense because they balance the system. Uh, step two, we'll build up their muscles. So build up the foundation that they need to get back to whatever they want to do. I mean, even build up the foundation to carry their baby yeah, or their toddler if they have a toddler. You know, that's even super important if you have a little one plus a toddler and you know how much do kids weigh like uh, like some of my patients their kids weigh up to like 40 50 pounds yeah and they have to be able to like carry their kids um that's like so important play and dance so make sure they can do like those things while they're getting stronger and then the last phase is the be confident step and so that's where i actually get them to do the things that they really wanted to do like Maybe they do want to run a 5K or go back to CrossFit or um, even just like be able to, I had one patient, she wanted to dance in the living room with her daughter yeah, and she couldn't because she was having really bad back pain that was coming from her pelvic floor. And after working on all of that, she was able to dance with her daughter in the living room, have dance parties, That's awesome. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's really, it's really cool to be able to, I'm sure on your end and then also from the patient, like. The patient's going to have an expert and a health coach mm-hmm. from all the way through pregnancy until back to high level function, mm-hmm. which I think is huge. Um, yeah. And it's cool to hear the different processes because I'm like, I'm listening to you talk about leakage with CrossFit and whatnot. I'm like, well, man, what does the process look like to go from mm-hmm. just having a baby to rebuilding the whole system to CrossFit? Yeah. Um, we were talking about this at, at one of our team meetings is, you know, we're sports-based PT and, and you are performance-based PT as well in your own right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the goals, like people are coming to us because deadlifting, squatting, things like that. And we always go to those big shiny goals. Like I want to deadlift without leakage in your case. Mm-hmm. But then when you hear like the little goals in between, and by the way, I'd like to have a dance party with my daughter, yeah. pick up this new baby. That's kind of important. Yep. And you're like, oh yeah, like there's smaller yeah, steps along the way things. that we yeah. really need to like nail down and acknowledge and, and work our way up. Um, so I, I just like hearing that stuff because it's something that I've been really focusing on in, in our business mm-hmm. um, and with our patients is like, hey, how's squatting been? Squatting's going great. But you know, the other day I bent down to put my sock on without paying for the first time in a while. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, we've been talking about your squat and deadlift and everything for so long. Like, sometimes you forget the little, the little important wins along the way. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, in your case, picking up the baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, any advice for someone who is listening to this and going like, hey, all those terms sound super scary, or she mentioned internal exam, and I don't know mm-hmm. how I feel about that, or I don't even yeah. want to talk about peeing, pooping, sex, like those in-depth topics. like. Mm-hmm. Any advice for someone who's having hesitation hearing that and taking that first step, whether they're embarrassed or whatever the case may be? Yeah, I, I definitely completely get how it can be super intimidating to start pelvic floor therapy, but you know everything is done at whatever pace that you want it to be done at. I have some, I do have some patients that I have treated solely virtually via video, and I you know haven't done an internal exam, so you don't always have to. it's definitely recommended so that's the part that makes someone uncomfortable you don't have to do that so don't let that be a reason why you don't 
see a pelvic floor therapist. But, you know, I think the biggest thing to remember is just like the end goal of like what you want. So, you know, if you're you know, experiencing a really like frustrating or embarrassing thing that you don't want to share with anybody, you know, just know that you can share it with us and nothing is like TMI and we've like heard it all. So nothing is going to, you know, really phase us and we're kind of your teammate cheering you on and it's okay to take little steps and everything. And the results you'll get from working with public therapy is literally like life changing. (laughs) And you can just read what people have written about their experiences in pelvic floor therapy. It is like truly life changing. And like, if you really want that for your life to experience it, then, you know, everyone can do it at their own pace and whenever you're ready, but you know, don't suffer silently in your life dealing with these like embarrassing things when there's definitely an answer and like solution out there. Yeah. That's a good point that you made. Like you've heard it all. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard for people to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to this pelvic floor specialist. She works with this all day long. So it's mm-hmm. very likely that you're hearing these things Yes. versus, you know, it's, it's, it's a big mindset shift versus like, oh, if I tell my friends that I'm having this experience, that's, that's embarrassing, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to open up and be like, oh, wait, I'm telling a healthcare professional that yeah. I'm dealing with healthcare related issues yes. that are very commonplace and normal yeah, like, with, with these things. Yeah. Like, let's, let's break the stigma. It's okay. We can yeah, talk about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff has to be addressed. Otherwise, you just go on. Yeah. Like, we're in a new generation of, you know, maybe other generations before didn't want to talk about it. But, you know, yeah. we are, we want to take better care of our health. <laughs> yep. Yep. You no longer have to have to suffer in silence, right? Mm-hmm. No. Um. Yeah, no. Well, quick thing. Um, I did have a patient I used to treat who was like in their like 70s and 80s. And they're like, well, I've had been doing this for 50 years. And I'm like, how did you let it go on for so long? Yeah. So, you know, you don't want it to go on 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't let it go on that long. Um, I think it was talking with my dad. He's like, I just, I just can't believe that, you know, people in this age range that we see, because our, our primary dem- demographic is like mid-20s to like mid-40s. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe that this many people are are doing this stuff to take care of their bodies. Like he's from the generation of like, as you get older, everything should hurt. Like just (laughs) deal with it. You know? Yeah. Everything cracks and I can't bend over normally. And I'm like, dad, no, like, no, that's not how it has to go. And and people really value their movement and their bodies. And we want a good quality of life. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have to just suffer, suffer through it. Yeah, I know. Um, so what would I look for? Like if I'm reaching out for a uh, pelvic floor, therapist how do I know I'm in the right spot how do I know that I'm with a therapist that's going to be good for what I need and are there are there red I don't want to say red flags but things that you're like hey you know if you're feeling this way or that way Mm -hmm. because I know um you know there's different ways to operate and Mm -hmm. not everybody's the same like how how should they be able to gauge if they're with the right provider for them there's definitely different like styles of treatment within public floor therapy so just because you maybe had one experience somewhere doesn't mean that that is pelvic floor therapy. So um, yeah, there's different styles. I would say find someone who like really understands your goals and like what you want to do and they understand like what you do. So, you know, if you are a CrossFitter or like an athletic person, like you don't want to go to someone that's only going to help you, you know, learn like one little thing and never help you do the thing that you want to do, you know? So make sure they understand like your goals and your like what is important to you and make sure that they're looking at you like a whole body approach so that they're not just looking at the pelvic floor. 
but also make sure that they look at your pelvic floor because <laughs> right. um, I know that there are some uh, PTs, I, you know, not to throw shade, but like that say that they treat pelvic floor, but then they never do an internal exam and the patient is comfortable with it, but the PT is not comfortable with it or they weren't trained in it, but they advertise themselves as doing it. So that can happen too. So just make sure it's a full body approach, looking at everything plus the pelvic floor and the abdominals and that your treatment care consists of not just like being hooked up to a machine, that's not pelvic PT, (laughs) Um, and also make sure that you have exercise and hands-on care and, you know, have it all like well-rounded and it's not just, it's not just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not just passive care, right? Yeah. Not just passive care. Hot packs and and pens units and all that stuff, even though Mm -hmm. that may play a role somewhere along the line, but it can't be all of it. No. Um, I have one more question and then we can wrap it up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned more of a holistic approach and treating other areas besides just the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Are there other areas outside of just movement based that you address or you find that have to be really like honed in in order to see success with your patients or for these people who maybe have had mm-hmm. pelvic floor in the past and they're like, this stuff doesn't work or it's not for me. Are there other areas of their, of their life that they could be addressing or working on or maybe would make them want to revisit public floor PT um, that, that maybe they haven't touched upon in the past or that you talk about with your clients? Yeah. So there's a few things like I've kind of heard when patients come to me and they tell me, oh, I didn't do this last time. So it'll be things like uh, certain exercises that I might prescribe somebody that is incorporating other body parts. For example, the spine like has a very close relationship with the pelvic floor, the diaphragm, so your breathing is really important, the pelvic floor, and also like hip strength and core strength is really important. So, you know, bring tie it all together because all those things will impact your pelvic floor. And it's funny, actually, I'm making, I made a post about this today. So oh, perfect. Um, you guys can check it out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's more than just Kegels. It's more than just the pelvic floor. Like, your pelvic floor PT should be looking at everything, you know, big picture because the pelvic floor gets affected by so many things and you can't just look at one thing. And so, yeah, I usually find that usually some missing pieces are certain exercises that people left out or maybe they didn't really look at certain things like the abdominals. Maybe they just looked at the pelvic floor and they didn't get the big picture. So, you know, you have to always be like thinking outside the box too and not just inside the pelvis. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy, for taking the time to come on and share all this information about pelvic floor physical therapy and and what people can expect. Um, Where can everyone find you in terms of your business? And if they're not locally in Wilmington, um, are there other avenues to reach out to you to kind of get some insight on how they should go about getting treated or if they need to be treated? Yeah. So the you know primary form that I usually use for like just free education if you're curious about but you're like oh what is this pelvic floor therapy and you just want to learn more with like you know no pressure um, my Instagram is at pelvic.prescription and there you can you know get a whole bunch of more information about like what pelvic floor therapy is and how we can help um, if you are interested in working with us all you have to do is reach out on Instagram or from our website which is just www.pelvicprescription.com and you can reach out if you have any more questions about like our treatment approach or if you just want to figure out if we are a good fit for you. So, Awesome. I will link uh, the Instagram and your website and everything in the show notes for those of you that are interested. Um, otherwise, thanks so much for taking the time, guys, to listen. And thank you again, Amy, for coming on. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us on Conquer the Carolinas. We hope that you found these interviews and resources provided in this podcast helpful and informative. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and join us for future episodes as we continue to explore the Carolinas and discover the best health and wellness options for athletes and active individuals just like you. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends or your training partners. And remember, it's all about trusting the process and taking control of your health and wellness journey. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of Conquer the Carolinas.